It's your week, your sports, the new Clarksville Now podcast. I'm John Glass, along with Jeff Matthews and Christian Brown. It's your week, your sports. John Glass here, hanging out with my good buddies, Jeff Matthews and Clarksville Now's Christian Brown for another episode, another week of some high school sports, some Austin P action, and then some really, really fun national news. NFL Draft Week, boys, how are we feeling? One day away from the NFL Draft, and I'm ecstatic. I think we all are pretty pumped, and I think... We all are really pumped for the interview we're going to talk about in a little bit that John Glass has for us. Yes, we got a lot of fun stuff today. We got to sit down uh, with Mike Keith, voice of the Tennessee Titans, who uh, actually told us that he's got a new Instagram uh, and he wants everybody to follow it. So at T-E-N-N voice on Instagram, go give him a follow. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we got a lot of fun things to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to go over player of the week, Mr. Cooper Wallace, talk some Austin P baseball and softball, a lot of action going on there. Tight races in the A-Sun. Uh, and then the men's golf, they got the A-Sun championship uh, going on right now, kind of compressed due to some weather, but uh, we're going to get into all that, so let's kick it off with some high school stuff. Cooper Wallace, Player of the Week, Christian. Yeah, Cooper Wallace had an insane week last week, and he's been one of the most consistent batters throughout this entire 2022-2023 season. So uh, in total, during the week of April 10th, Wallace went 11 for 21 with two doubles, one triple, three walks, Six runs scored and four stolen bases, and then also nine runs scored. On the season, he's hitting 456. What? So he's around that 500 mark. My goodness. He's getting into the Hall of Fame right oh, there. I was about God. to say, he's putting up numbers at the plate. And we talk about a world right now of baseball. I mean, it is a hitter's game right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is where a lot of that. Uh, the brick and mortar of baseball right now is coming out of your hitting portion. Cooper Wallace is just hitting the nail on the head with that. No, no doubt about it. Yeah, it is. And the thing about it also, uh, you know, after a long recruiting process and deciding between football and baseball, Cooper decided to play baseball at Ball State Community College. He's a star wide receiver, too. Yeah. Multisport yeah. athlete. Awesome. Awesome. Shout out to Matt Wallace. Well, and also <laughs> talk about. You said Vol State. Vol State, a great baseball school in the community college realm. The Pioneers have one of the best programs, really, in the state of Tennessee if you're looking at everything involved. Now, of course, you take out your outliers like SEC Vanderbilt Mm -hmm. and SEC Tennessee. But other than that, Pioneer Baseball is a very great program. And then you also look at it on the softball side of things. Gabby Appiag, who plays for the softball team at Austin Mm Peay, coming from Vol State to the Governors. I mean, that whole program has done a fantastic job as far as like putting valuable players back into that transfer portal. And yeah, make no mistake, like Jeff was saying, Vol State up there with the Walter States of Tennessee, Juco baseball, and just incredible stuff coming out of uh, Clarksville sports-wise with uh, Cooper Wallace. And uh, moving on, the Girls Flag Football Championship we talked uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, yeah, some really exciting stuff in that. Then on the flip side, West Creek girls flag football defeated Clarksville High on a last-second Hail Mary to win 13-12. So the the district championship game will be held between West Creek and Montgomery Central High. 
Yeah, super excited for that, especially we had an opportunity to talk with Aaron King not too long ago, and so it's really cool to kind of see that come to fruition for him especially, but I think it's going to be some exciting stuff coming out of girls' flag football. Moving forward, this was a test season to see if it was going to be produced into a TSSAA-sanctioned event, and Honestly, from the success that we've seen in the Clarksville area, I wouldn't be surprised if there's other successful stories across Tennessee. 32 schools have taken a part in this girls' flag football initiative, which is incredible. I think we would see something like this. No, I never yeah. thought we would see it on the scale that it's on right now. I did. I I maybe would have said, yeah, I could see like an independent league yeah. starting up that's run by the players and stuff like that, maybe. But never something that was going to be coming from the Tennessee Titans put into high schools. Yeah, it's 32 teams. It's pretty insane. We are the uh, the staple, pretty much the blueprint for what the CBLSAA might be looking at. Uh, in the future, and it's really cool to see the girls get out on the field, show their athletic prowess, and uh, play this fun game of football that we all love. The fact that we have seven out of the 32 teams in Middle Tennessee that are playing girls' flag football Mm -hmm. says a lot about our community as well. I just wanted to add that part real quick. Oh, yeah, for sure. A lot of cool stuff happening in girls' flag football, in the high school realm in general. Uh, But moving on, Austin P. Baseball. These dudes are absolutely on fire. Yeah, they're absolutely having a fantastic season right now. And the later portion of the season, this past game, Garrett Martin had a huge high fly ball that ended up in the dirt, giving that Austin P a walk-off win, and they were able to grab that. But they have Florida Gulf Coast coming up this weekend, and this is where things are going to start uh-huh. getting super interesting. Oh, yeah, no, you know. Like we said, they've been on fire 11 out of their last 15, 154 runs, averaging over 10 runs uh, per game. And like you were saying, this is a big series this weekend for a number of reasons because Florida Gulf Coast and Lipscomb are tied for first place at 13-5, and five, and then Austin P and Stetson are tied for second at 12-6. and six. Going into these last handful of series, you know, obviously we got Florida Gulf Coast this weekend, uh, then ending out the season with uh, out-of-conference games with Old Miss and Tennessee, and then it gets really interesting. Central Arkansas, Lipscomb, and then North Alabama. So Austin P could very well kind of tailor their own destiny. These last two series, they have an opportunity to jump out in front, and if they're playing the way that they have been playing, winning at least two, uh, winning the series, I should say, if you're just winning the series, they have a real strong opportunity to make it into that top spot for the A-Sun. Now, bigger problems to watch out for. Florida Gulf Coast, a great team as well. Lipscomb has been playing very well the past few weeks, so those are going to be two tough teams to watch out for as they move deeper into this A-Sun standings. But, you know, Central Arkansas, Northern Alabama, both lower in the A-Sun Conference. So I'm not going to say they're easy games, but it's a chance for Austin P to pick up uh, some slack and some ground in the A-Sun, which plays into their advantage. Now, moving over onto the opposite diamond, mm-hmm. uh, right next to the Austin P baseball field, the softball team also in a chase to go to Just the exciting. number one spot in the A-Sun. They did drop a series against North Alabama. They were swept, and that definitely hurt their opportunity, but it did not eliminate it. So currently sitting in fourth, 11-7, two games behind Jacksonville State and Liberty, who are tied for second at 13-5. and five. Central Arkansas is holding the top spot right now with a conference record of 16 and two so yeah they're you know central arkansas is going to be hard catch they are just kind of set they have separated themselves from the pack in that but that 
that little middle ground, 13 and 5, two games back. Austin P sitting uh, from Liberty, uh, who are tied at second with Central Arkansas. It's going to be a very interesting, interesting end to the season because. They got a series with Liberty this weekend uh, in Lynchburg, uh, and then they have a one-game series with Southern Southern Indiana in Evansville next Tuesday, and then guess who they are going to be playing at the end on senior weekend? It is uh, Jacksonville State. Who they are familiar with. Very familiar with. with. And uh, it's really exciting to see what's happening both on the baseball side and the softball side. Cassie Stanfield and Roland Fanning are just doing absolutely epic jobs. Really excited to see where those programs go, especially just this season. Mm-hmm. But also, right now, men's golf team is playing over in their A-Sun championship tournament. Right now, not doing incredible. They are sitting in 10th, and it's the last day of the tournament. It was a tough weekend for a number of reasons. That course is tough. Both girls had struggled a little bit with it. Boys have struggled a little bit with it. Not to mention, they had to play two rounds yesterday because they are compressing. And that's hard, especially yeah. for, and, and I don't know if you noticed you this. walk well. 18? Uh, walking 18 by yourself is not ideal, yeah. uh, especially for the average golfer. But these athletes, they, they, they do that. I feel like they've probably done that so frequently. They're probably used to it by now. Still. I mean, at the same time, you, that's a long course to be walking. Bag gets heavy after a while. On top of that, you're sweating. The weight distribution kind of gets out of hand towards the later portions of uh, that day, especially around that 36th hole. Well, and it's just exhausting. You know, you you get done with 18, you maybe have a little bit of break, and then you got to get right back up mentally and physically focused to continue on through the day. Uh, 277 as a team for round one, 281 uh, as a team for round two. And then, uh, yeah, they were finishing up. I think they were about halfway through today. Didn't get too much of a score update on that. Uh, but it is a tough course uh, packed into just Tuesday and Wednesday, which was supposed to be a three-day event down in Mobile, Alabama. So, yeah, that's what we got for Austin P. A lot of really cool stuff happening. We're going to keep an eye out on softball and baseball because it is going to be a race to the end of the season. Uh, coming up here right now, I am going to sit down with Mr. Mike Keith that we caught out at the Kiwanis Club uh, on Tuesday. And we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft and what we can expect to see from the Titans. All right, this is John Glass with Your Week, Your Sports, hanging out here with Mike Keith, two days ahead of the NFL Draft. How are you doing, Mike? I'm ready. Yeah? I'm ready. Excited? Let's go. Yeah. Excited? I'm glad to be in Clarksville and uh, excited about what we have coming up. And uh, we're going to take the draft out. We're going to do the first round uh, at 6th and Peabody. Yeah. We'll have a massive crowd there. And then Friday night, the long two rounds, um, we'll broadcast that live. We'll be back in the studio for that, which is better because yeah. 71, 72 picks, that's a lot. It's a lot of picks, a lot of craziness kind of going on with this year's draft, a lot of rumors going around. What are the Titans going to do? Are we going to go with needs? Are we going to go with best available player? Uh, if I had to put my money on it, I would probably go with uh, Paris Johnson Jr. Ooh. out of Ohio State. Be a good fill, pick. Fill in those lines in the offensive line, you know, with LaJuan, Nate Davis, Ben Jones, all leaving. It's kind of that balance that we were talking about earlier today. The need versus the best player. Heck, I've even heard rumors of Pittsburgh trading back to 17. Maybe we can even get someone like Darnell Wright. Possibly. Uh, I think the offensive linemen are going to come off the board fast. Yeah. I think the the moves that you're going to see early on Thursday night 
outside of all the lying that's going on right now, I mean, you hear you hear everything. Um, but I think the corners are going to come off pretty fast. Yeah. The top guys meeting. And I think those offensive linemen are going to come off pretty fast. I think Johnson's going to be a guy that people will be targeting. Uh, Skaronsky from Northwestern's a guy that will be targeted. Uh, Broderick Jones from Georgia. I think Darnell's going higher. Darnell Wright from Tennessee. I think he's going higher than what some people have him in the mocks. Yeah. I, I think very realistically you could see those four guys go in the top 14 or 50. Yeah, because it just makes sense. You were talking about the one plus one plus one equals three. Yeah. And that makes sense to me. But then again, too, best available player. That's and it. Maybe what we can get on the back end. So what do you think? I mean, he's been here three months. Kind of what do you think is his approach, his first draft as a GM? I think his approach is a combination of need along with value. Yeah. So – I think if there is a player there that fits those two things, like you talk about Paris Johnson, I don't know what the what kind of grade the Titans have on Paris Johnson, but let's just say that you see him as a guy who could be your left tackle mm-hmm. or he could be guard, and then you understand that he is slotted at a place in terms of his cap value yeah. that will make him very reasonable for four years. Oh, yeah. And so all of the sudden you're saying, man, talent, need, and that really um, very fair cost for that player. And the more of those that you're able to put together where you're able to go above and beyond Mm -hmm. where you draft a guy and he overperforms his cost, that's a beautiful thing. And that's kind of where I see why they would want to take that instant need, instant be able to fit in on that left side, be able to let Derrick Henry work, give Tannehill a little bit more time sure. in the pocket. Just it makes sense, but you never know what's going to happen. Well, and, and again, we don't know where they're graded on the Titans' exactly. boards. Yeah. We, do, we don't know. We can speculate all day. We can speculate all day, and, and the Titans may have him as the very best player in the draft or they may have him as the 30th best player in the draft. Those are the things we don't know. We also don't know, what, where does Atlanta have him graded at eight? Mm-hmm. Where does Chicago have him graded at nine? Where does Las Vegas have him graded at seven? Yeah, That's the part of it. I mean, maybe one of those teams thinks Darnell Wright is the best tackle. Yeah. I mean, would I be surprised if the commissioner goes to the podium and says, and with the eighth pick in the NFL draft, the Atlanta Falcons select – Darnell Wright, Tennessee? No. No. Because it, it's all about and, – and it's all about what you're doing, too. Yeah. What are you doing schematically? Do you need a guy who can really move? Or do you need, a, you know, sort of that bulldog, hit that guy right in front of you and drive him? Uh, we've always had linemen that could move because we ran – we have run in our previous offense a lot of that stretch look, mm-hmm. you know, for Derek. Yeah. Do we keep doing that? I mean, again, these yeah. are things that, that factor into all of it. And somebody listening to this right now is going, you don't know the answer to one question, do you, Mike? It's like, no, no. I don't. I, but but that's the fun. That's the beauty of it. And that's kind of where, you know, you were talking about. I don't about. think it would be as shocking as the first round last no, year. No, I no, will no. predict that. That kind of that, that kind of gets to, yeah, what I was talking about, too. You know, the Titans draft picks are all so much a mystery Right now, on what they're going to do. Are they going to trade up? Are they going to trade back? 
uh, go after that third. If they go after that third, what they're going to do? Do you think that we see any surprises for the Titans on draft day, kind of in the form of trades? Because, you know, there is a lot of cap space that is with the Kevin Byard thing. You kind of shut that down. And well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think all the moves yeah. are finished. You know, I mean, I think you're still because, as we discussed here at Kiwanis today. The, right now, your cap number is based on the top 51. Yeah. When you get to the first Tuesday of the regular season, you have to be under the cap. Yeah. And that's 53 players, practice squad, and anybody on IR, dead money that you carry over, things of that sort. So, you know, I, I don't know that everything is over with. I don't yeah. know that the Titans will have every answer. The other thing, too, is the Titans just have 62 players on the roster right now. And they would play pretty much every one of them uh, well, in the this, past couple of years. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. So we've got to get to ninety by training camp. How many are we gonna draft? How many undrafted are we gonna sign? And then how many street free agents are we still gonna bring in? Or do we make a trade somewhere mm-hmm. after the fact? Um I don't know. I, I think the quarterback thing is the most intriguing part to me for the Titans for this reason. You're picking eleventh. So if you want to go up and grab somebody, you can. You have the capital to do it. You are in the range to do it. If you want to stick and pick, I think somebody is there for you at 11. If, if it's one of the guys you're in love with, then do you do that? And with Tannehill being 35 and with him currently being in the last year of a deal, mm-hmm. might change, then do you go ahead and grab – a quarterback of the future or a quarterback of the now knowing that you're going to look to build your future around that guy. Is there a guy that you feel like you can build your future around? And it's just, it's been absolutely bananas, insane quarterback (laughs) talk. I mean, it was rumor after rumor this weekend with the Derrick Henry and all that. And, you know, you never know what's going to, this is one of the, more confusing drafts that I've seen. Well, the, the last first thing years. you have to remember is don't believe anything no. you hear about Philadelphia. Yeah. Because <laughs> everybody around Philadelphia, whether it be the media, whether it be the fan base, whether it be the team, whether it be whatever, according to them, they are drafting every player, they are signing every free agent, yeah. they are making every trade, they are picking up every player off waivers. Now, somebody's going to end up being right. Yeah. Okay, at some point, someone will end up being correct just because there have been so many things thrown out. But I, I think anything to do with the Eagles, you have to pull back and go, wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute. Now, something like the, the A.J. Brown thing last year turned out to be true. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of rumor about him because of how close that he and Jalen Hurts were. Turns out that was right. Yeah, You know, he, he just basically walled himself off to the point that the Titans were left with a decision. We can either make the trade now for a one and a three, or we can hope we get things worked out, or we may have to trade him at the trade deadline because he doesn't report. That ended up being right. Um, But most of it is crazy. So I'm glad I don't cover the Eagles because, man, that is nuts. It's going to be a really fun draft. I'm excited. Thanks for sitting down with us. Last question: What do you, what do you want to see from Rand Carthon and the Tennessee Titans, kind of accomplishing this draft in 2023? I think they need a they need a good rookie class. We need a good rookie class like the one a year ago. Yeah. That's the most important thing 
that needs to happen for us is we've got to find, yeah, do we need to find a wide receiver and a tight end and a, another corner and offensive linemen and edge rushers? Sure. I mean, all of that. You won't get everything. Yeah. You, I mean, you just won't. And that's what drives you crazy because you'll say, there's our guy, there's our guy, and he goes two picks before you. You know, that drives you nuts. But can we find a group that can step in and give us that back balance on the roster that gets us not only more talented but younger? Yeah. Because that's – you saw that show up at different points the last couple of years. So we need to build that overall depth from a cap situation, but also to make our ball club better for now and for the future. Yeah. Mike, thank you, and thanks for sitting down with us. Pleasure. Thank you. All right, and we are back. Wow, that was a little bit of fun on my part. I enjoyed it. Hey, one of the greatest guys. So cool. So willing to sit down and talk with us. He He didn't have to do that. He was over at the Kiwanis uh, Club just hanging out with them, talking about the NFL draft with them. And uh, we kind of caught word of it, so we ended up heading on down there and... John had a great conversation with him. I mean, it's just, uh, like I said, it's cool that he gave us the opportunity for that. Well, and he's so good at these interviews that, you know, he makes it so easy. Right. Very fun to talk to. Very knowledgeable. And uh, he, look, this draft is absolutely crazy. He doesn't know what's going to happen. I don't think any of us really know truly what is going to happen. There's too many avenues to go down. I mean, there are so many different ways that the Titans could go. Yeah. Titans can go. So let's get into it. The NFL draft. Christian. Now, here's a couple of predictions from a couple of different NFL analysts from a couple of different organizations as well. So Todd McShane and Mel Kuyper did a mock draft together where they alternated picks in a three-round draft. Mm-hmm. Okay? So in those results, through three rounds, they drafted Will Levis at 11, which I know you're not too sure, sure about, John, but... I've seen Will Levis go as high as two. I've seen him at 12 to the Texans. I have also heard online, I believe it was my Twitter feed, that somebody was saying that Will Levis is telling people that he's going number one overall. Okay, so yeah, let's get it. That was one of the points that I wanted to touch on. Let's get into that. This is the microcosm of this entire draft. I've never seen anything as crazy, and I'll tell you why. Because there are smoke screens out the wazoo. You saw with C.J. Stroud and basically somebody leaking the S2 scores and then basically saying he got like an 18. He drops a little bit. Will Levis, I think he went on his Instagram or something and was saying that he was going to, uh, going to Carolina. And I then think, Reddit took off on that? I think Reddit was the place where that but, yeah, That's where it ripped, but I think it took off. I think he was talking about it on Instagram, then Reddit took it upon itself to do what Reddit does. I was about to say, Reddit has a life of its own. I was going to say, I haven't seen an Instagram post, so I, I'm No, it wasn't sure. a post. I think it was like some live or something like that. Okay. Smoke screens everywhere. Will Levis... I don't know how his name got brought up, but he went from I think it was minus four thousand to yeah. go number one to plus four uh, no plus four thousand to plus four hundred. So when Vegas does that, they know something, or they think don't. they know something, <laughs> or they think they're trying to cover themselves. But this is what Mike Keith was talking about in this draft is why it is so crazy uh, with everything that's going on. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, the Will Levis thing is pretty interesting because I don't. We thought he might go at two. Yeah, we thought he might go at uh, four to the Colts. Now we're not sure where he's going to go. I don't think any of the four, the top four quarterbacks in the draft class make it outside the top ten. So that's going to put the Titans in a 
odd position if that does happen. I think I would disagree. I, I don't know, because you have to think about potential on all four. So Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, and Bryce Young. Their See, potential just varies all over the place. Well, it could be through the roof for each of the four. Uh-huh. You know, and I mean, it depends on who you look at, too, because one of the mock drafts that I got pulled up right here has Anthony Richardson going 22 to the Ravens. Now, what, what source is that, though? Uh, it's my source. <laughs> so, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. This draft, I've never seen anything so, like, there's psyops. It's like they're using government psyops to trick people to trade up to do what they want. And the thing about it is usually at least the first round, the first overall pick is solidified up to this point. Like we're a day before the a draft. Day before the draft. And it's not solidified. And we you know, think it's we thought it would be. be Bryce Young. Well, we're pretty sure I think. I, I think so too. But there's still rumors swirling around that it could not be. So who knows what is actually going to play out. And I mean, yeah, we can go over our teams a little bit. Steelers, Cowboys, and then I'll finish up with the Titans. What do you got, Christian? What do you what do you think Steelers are gonna do and what do you kinda wanna see? So I would love to see if Here's the thing. If Gonzalez from Oregon, the cornerback, falls to the 17th overall pick, or uh, Weatherspoon from Illinois, the cornerback as well, if they fall to that 17th round pick, or 17th overall pick, I'd love the Steelers to jump on that. But I don't think they'll make it outside the top 12, more than likely. So I think they're going to have to fall back on offensive tackle, who... I, th- I think they're going to draft the offensive tackle out of Tennessee. Darnell Wright. Yes. 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 Edge, edge protector. Very good. He's scoring really well on people's boards. So, you know, it's it's going to be pretty interesting for the yeah. Steelers. Kenny Pickett it, needs that offensive tackle on the outside that just watches his back, you know. Here's the other thing. We talked about this earlier this week. I don't know. What if the Titans traded back to 17 to pick up a pick in the third round? You never know. Anything's yeah. possible right now, and especially they, in the position the Titans and the Steelers are in mm-hmm. to make that sort of deal. Right, for sure. Jeff, what about your Cowboys? So the Cowboys, honestly, well, Cowboys need a little bit. So we have a very veteran offensive line. You got Tyron Smith entering his 13th year on the line. You got Zach Martin entering his 10th. There's a few guys that haven't really emerged and really come to themselves just yet. So I think that... Cowboys may not be going directly for an offensive line immediately, but I think that they're definitely going to be interested in an lineman. Um, also, though, we lost Dalton Schultz this offseason, one of our tight ends on the Cowboys. Now, Dalton Schultz was a fantastic tight end. He was a great replacement for Jason Witten after he left, and actually we didn't see him until maybe a season or two after Witten left because we had, I believe it was Jeff Swaim who came in, and he did very well for the Cowboys as well. Now, my idea for a tight end, which I think is going to be the number one thing that the Cowboys are going to go for, is Darnell Washington out of Georgia. Mm. A little bit of an aggressive player. Mm. I think he's the number four tight end right now on the predictions list. This is a big tight end it's draft. A big, it's a big tight end draft. There's a lot. And one thing to also know, tight ends, sometimes they struggle coming into the league. I mean, it's a huge difference between being a tight end in college and being a tight end in the NFL, as with every position. Mm-hmm. But I think Darnell Washington has a lot of aggressiveness, which Cowboys like, especially with Witten, he had the Witten option, whether or not to cut it inside or whether to drive deep. I think giving that option for Darnell wouldn't be a horrible idea. So I really think the Cowboys, their first pick at 26, I'm going to predict it's Darnell Washington. You know, the thing about that that I love as well, Darnell Washington was more of a blocking type of yes. tight end to start his career. Actually, how he ended as well, since Bowers was that playmaker. And with that, 
Dar- uh, Dalton Schultz was a great blocking tight end yes. as well. So that's Which is already, crucial in the NFL. 100%. But that's already been implemented strongly into the Cowboys' offense. And so also, that's a great point as to that transition from college into the NFL. You know, the thing about it, I love size with tight ends. Darnell sits at six foot seven. He's a big boy. Yeah, that's that's a crucial red zone threat if you do select him with that first round pick or even second round pick. I don't think he makes it to the second round, but I don't we'll see. see him doing that. No, but no. it's at this point, anything is possible with the NFL draft. This is going to be it, it. It like you said, anything is like my Keith said. Anything is possible. Trades everything. So let's get to the Titans, what probably most of our listeners, who most of our listeners are fans of. Uh, I'm going to break it down for you all just a little bit from, I guess, my perspective. The Titans have six picks in this draft, not a ton of capital. They have the 11th in the first round, the 41st in the second round, the 72nd in the uh, third round. They don't have a fourth round pick. The 147, the 186, and the, the 288. Like I was talking with Mike Keith and what he said, we have no absolute clue what is going to happen in this draft. Uh, on paper, you think that you're going to want to fill these needs. You're going to want to fill the holds in the offensive line. Uh, ideally for me, Ohio State's Paris Johnson Jr. or Northwestern's uh, Peter uh, Skaronsky are the two that I would like to see if we get those uh, tight ends this year. But like Mike, he said, he thinks those tight ends are going to go off the board really, really quick. And, uh, yeah. And I think, I think Mike Keith was talking about this. I don't know if he spoke about it in the interview you did or if he spoke with it about at the Kiwanis, but, you know, he talked about some of these teams non drafting players that they're needing because they already have people in their system right. that they're trying to develop. I mean, there are people that are sitting on practice squads or sitting, um, maybe in that 54th position on rosters mm-hmm. that are, capable of these positions but they just need camp they just need that initial camp to get things really fine-tuned and so that's why you may not see some of these teams picking things that you're wanting and that's what he was talking about you know we need to have this big rookie class and or players that we already have in the organization being able to develop and get around but again too i think one of the big issues last year after we lost taylor lawan snap one of game two is that left side is trying to solidify and allow Derrick Henry to stretch down the field and to open up for those pass opportunities as well. So offensive line would be where I would want to go. Like I said, I like Paris Johnson Jr. Can kind of alternate from that left side or guard, stick him immediately, uh, can be worked with. Um, But again, we don't know. Titans could trade up to three with Arizona. That's been talked about. They could take a quarterback. And we also have, there's been conversations about the longevity of Derrick Henry. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's older, he's out of his prime, because I think he's still one of the top running backs in the league right now. But there is something to say for the fact that he won't be there for a whole lot longer. No, like, and- you have to really think about some of these things. Now, do I think it's this year that they pick out a, a big running back to, you know, start thinking about that, yeah. replacing Derrick Henry? No, I don't no. think it's this year. But. Would it be out of the ordinary if maybe we see a second round, third round running back head over to the Titans? And there, there's some people who have the philosophy that we want to take a receiver. Again, we just don't know. Are we trading up? Are we trading back? Are we taking an offensive lineman? Are we taking a quarterback? It's going to be an exciting draft. It's a lot of chaos. And this is what I love. <laughs> I love the chaos. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, it's been fun hanging out with y'all. For Jeff Matthews, for Christian Brown, I'm John Glass. Peace.